0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning back in to listen to us on Quality Matters. I'm Darcy.
1: I'm Kyle.
0: And we have another uh, article from ASQ. Um, This one is appropriate for the time. Yes. Current events, although the (coughs) article was written in 2004, so it's not current, but current events tell us. You'll see where we're going with this. Right. So it's about a police department, Phoenix Police Department, who. their Records and Information Bureau, the RIB of the Phoenix Police Department, w- went after their ISO nine thousand one certification. Cool. So I liken it to current events because now more than ever, it's important for police organizations to show their quality and their worth. Well,
1: so how how's that going to apply? What what would what would be some things that could improve? In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped.
0: If you have a quality system, if you have your nonconformities, and those lead to corrective actions, I'm kind of yes. I'm pulling at strings. It's been <laughs> a while since I've had to use these right terms. Yeah, well, I
1: mean, every organization has nonconformities. Every department has nonconformities. They're just a little different depending on what the product or service you sell is. And and here it's a it's a very different product, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you've got very different customers and stakeholders than normal. But these are all very critical pieces of any organization.
0: And I am excited because the authors of this article were involved in achieving the ISO certification for the Phoenix to Police Department. And one of the authors, David Amari, I reached out to on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and said, hey, we're doing this article on our podcast. And he has agreed to come on another episode and talk a little more in depth with us. So there us. will be a follow-up. There will be a Woo-hoo. follow-up. And he also mentioned that Houston, where we are, is still currently ISO certified. I think he said there was 12 departments, but they just re-upped. That's really cool. That's really cool. That makes me proud. So getting back to Phoenix, um, at the time this article was written, it was the sixth largest city in the country. So obviously they have a lot of information that the records and information Identification Bureau, <laughs> I'm trying to make sure I say it right, was in charge of.
1: I didn't realize it was that big of a city.
0: I didn't either. Huh. Well, it may not be anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it says that their criminal records unit alone can receive as many as 11,000 telephone requests a month. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so they need you know they had a growing list of responsibilities, and they've got some of them listed: maintaining records related relating to incidents, arrests, bookings, impounds, repossessions, and forensic imaging, fingerprinting and photographing suspects, teaching officers to use the records and management computer system, training personnel in both ink and electronic fingerprinting, wow, um, performing criminal history background checks. Providing fingerprinting services for citizens who need fingerprints, like I had to do that before I started teaching, I had to go get my fingerprints done. So, you know, they got a lot that they're keeping up with. And this is just one department of the Phoenix Police Department, one section.
1: Um, could you imagine eleven thousand requests, and any one of those gone wrong could be an issue.
0: And that's just the criminal records unit. They, that's not
1: even the whole stinking yeah, department. Yeah, so I'm
0: I'm guessing that's just a small part oh, of the gosh. records and identification bureau. Wow. Um. So you talked a little bit about their customers. So they have internal and external customers, but they talk about how that those same people could flip. Yeah. And be a supplier or a customer or mm-hmm. internal or external because, you know, they deal with attorneys and courts and police oh, officers true. and agencies and reporters and the publics and the criminals oh, or the gosh. alleged criminals. Yeah. So, you know, it's a lot going on. And they talked, maybe not in this section, you know, that their mistake cost is a matter of life and death. Right. So they, they can't make mistakes. Yeah.
1: It's not just a matter of, you know, send a uh, product for rework. You don't, you don't really get to do a rework here.
0: Well, I mean, you do, but it's still know costs I mean. yeah. somebody time. Um, so I should have prefaced this with we're probably going to go longer than 20 minutes. So if you're already in it, I hope you stick with it. <laughs> uh, this is one of those articles I just kind of highlighted everything because I thought it was all <laughs> valuable information. Um, so they started their pursuit for the registration in 2000, and they wanted to um, go to a knowledge-based organization. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, and this is where it says, because the information that they disseminate is potentially damaging, and so it needs to be important and accurate.
1: Oh, well, I'm just, the computer geek in me is kind of freaking out, imagining all the security controls and rights controls and access and...
0: And they said, if our process allowed a mistake, we had to have a way to fix it. Yes. So they began to... Improve the quality of their processes. Um, they did a lot of research. They figured that ISO 9001 was probably the best yeah. <laughs> route to go um, because it focused on improving the processes, mm-hmm. which is what they wanted to, and to establish guidelines and goals. That they could measure against. Yes. Um, we've talked about that a lot.
1: But well, let me cut in here because people talk, they hear ISO 9001, and the first thing that so many people think of is oh, that means a bunch of rules I have to follow. You're going to tell me how to do my job. Well,
0: and that's what I thought too. But now helping continual you learn that it's putting your rules down on paper and following your
1: rules. And then beyond that, it is a drive for continued improvement. You cannot pass an ISO audit. If you do not show some evidence of continual improvement during that audit cycle, if well, you stayed static, continual improvement is a requirement.
0: Well, that's good because, I mean, that's something we talk about a lot on here. Mm-hmm. There's always room for improvement. Yep. No matter how good you are, there's always room for improvement. So they found a consultant nearby to help them, um, and they prepared for registration but also helped achieve some other objectives, and they've got some listed such as improve departmental credibility, increase responsiveness, reduce mistakes, ease the backlog, streamline business processes, you know, on and on, those kinds of things. So they
1: have a set of goals.
0: Yes. Although this is listed like this is what we did with oh, okay. them kind of a thing. Um, so they started in 2000 thinking we need to do something, mm-hmm. but they didn't. Start preparing for registration until 2002. Yeah. So, you know, I think for most companies, it's kind of a long process. You mm-hmm. don't really know what you're getting into, especially something like a police department. If you're so in many components. manufacturing or fabrication or something like that, I think they're probably a little familiar with ISO 9001. Yeah. Whereas a police department is like, whoa, what are you doing to us? Yeah. I mean,
1: it, it's not quite uh, not quite a, a widget there, you know. A widget. Yeah, a, little, a widget, a little something you build or make, in any case, just keep on going.
0: Okay. So <laughs> um, let's see. What did they start doing? They identified key processes and developed a process map. Ooh, I like that term. I know you like those words. <laughs> um, and that provided a complete picture of how they operate and their workflow processes.
1: It is just an absolute first step. I will never begin a consultation project, document development, or software deployment. None of that will begin without process mapping.
0: Well, in our last episode, we recorded talk about the fishbone diagram. So it's some kind of mapping needs to be happening. Uh, So they had some training sessions. They identified best practices, introduced efficiencies into the system. The maps helped highlight opportunities for improvement. There's that phrase again. Um and the Records and Identification Bureau identified four hundred and forty areas for improvement.
1: Whoa.
0: Which again, I see it like the nonconformities or non mm-hmm. what is that the right yeah. word? <laughs> you know, that's exciting. It is. Like, wow, we mm-hmm. found all these things that we can fix and do our job better and yeah. be more efficient. Yeah. Um, So 154 of those were addressed with simple improvements prior to registration. So that's 35% of them. Yeah. So that's that's about right. Um, Some of them were as simple as computerizing a form.
1: I've never heard of such a thing before. (laughs) Never. So
0: you know that was one thing. I mean, it's not like Uh,
1: well, never mind. I'll, I'll stop there.
0: Okay. Um. So they talked about the combination of the mapping process where and combined with um, the entire department's commitment along with the preliminary audit led to a smooth final audit where they only found one minor discrepancy.
1: What? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That is really awesome. And
0: they have the first page of their nine-page process map on here. Oh, very
1: cool. So I'll have to take a look at that.
0: I think when we try to link these ASQ articles, it may not always come through because I think you have to have a valid login to oh, that's access true. the articles. So
1: maybe you can go through and do some little snippets of pieces that are worthy of sharing.
0: Maybe so. So at the time of the audit, they were in process of collecting customer satisfaction data um, and the audit found their inputs to management review insufficient.
1: Um, that's actually regarding kinda, customer satisfaction. That's actually a pretty pretty common. Um, folks so often have problems with that management review. It is just a difficult piece of the standard, and because you have to take everything in uh, into account. And here, I can't even imagine how you would track your customer complaints. And it just and so oh my gosh. And so
0: while they were trying to figure that out, is when I guess they had the audit, and what they had was not good enough. Yeah. So um and I know you're going to love this. It says the biggest improvements stemmed from the introduction of the graphics-based electronic process maps. Mhm. Because well, everyone looking- had access to them. They call them living documents. Yep. So living means they're being used, they're being changed, they're mm-hmm. you know there's a constant on it.
1: update process. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's static, but let me Add this little disclaimer uh, is you still have to have a formal reapproval process there. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just go and willy-nilly changing stuff. But, mm-hmm. yes, um, uh, they just kind of have some fun with it. They have a uh, little fun names on here for the processes. One's called Pinky. One's called Canary. <laughs> just interesting. I wonder if
0: it's because it has to be code names because <laughs> yeah. it's the police department. I
1: don't know. I'll have to dig into it more. That'd be fun to learn more. I wonder
0: more. what that is. Pinky internal request form for the PD. Oh, I bet because they have you know when you have those multiple layers of forms that copy them, ah, like the pink one is be, for okay, that. Okay, the okay. canary is the internal request form for. Ah, exter- so it this is the color we'll of the okay, form and where sense. it comes from. Um, and I love this. Employees were encouraged to suggest possible changes, which added to the value of the maps. And no system will be successful without leaders that understand it's okay for your employees to suggest changes. Yeah.
1: Well, we talked when we had uh, Matt Sands on. That was what we talked about. Um, I think I actually put his quote there on the very uh, front of the the podcast graphic. And the gist is that uh, you'll never have a successful project unless you can get your folks involved and you can make it just kind of a normal part of your everyday job.
0: Yeah, it has to be. Um, So I have a lot of things highlighted that improved. I'm going to go back to where they computerized one form. This is kind of funny. They had been manually typing information into their six-part cash receipts form rather than using the computerized version of the form. So that sounds like there was a computerized version available.
1: And they just weren't using it.
0: They weren't using it. Mm -hmm. They found they were the only organization in the city still using the old form. (laughs) And the savings were in both the cost of the forms and the extra time required to use a typewriter. Oh, that's fun. So they were filling it in with a typewriter in 2004. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Um, (sighs) um, The criminal records unit reduced the average time it takes to process a request by approximately 20 seconds. Doesn't sound a lot, but well, how many it added requests? up to sixty hours of time saved per officer each month.
1: Wow! Well, you can do the. You're better at the the math stuff here than I am. But um, anytime we we take a form and, and we digitize it, any digitized form. You are guaranteed, I'd say guaranteed, in my experience, I've never seen less than a 30% time savings. So whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're doing manually, if we can properly digitize that, you're going to get at least a 30% time savings. Well,
0: I don't know that this was digitized. It was just, it, this is something separate Well, from it's still that.
1: filling it in on the computer versus handwrite and transcribe and move and copy.
0: So it just says to process a request. The criminal record, Yeah. So I guess the officers had to re- process some mm-hmm. sort of request, mm-hmm. and they reduced that time by only 20 seconds. But if that saves your officers 60 hours, like, mm-hmm. I know a lot of officers have to stay after their shift and mm-hmm. fill out all the paperwork on mm-hmm. everything that happened on yeah. their shift.
1: Well, and they're probably working easy 50-hour weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's, what, 200 hours in the month? So 60, that's it's
0: about right. Yeah, so that that's was That's about nice. right. Um, their process maps showed a number of safety issues related to the booking process. Hmm. So, when they bring an alleged criminal in, mm-hmm. um, there were some safety things. They added a wall to separate prisoners and officers, and they installed benches for the prisoners and a work counter for the officers.
1: Well, now let's just take one step backwards. Let's just imagine that all of your officers now have 50, 60 hours a month free. To do their job and to improve and to innovate and to think and to care more about the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, my gosh! That no wonder they were able to come up with fun ideas uh, of ways to improve things for everyone involved. They had more time to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just mind boggling that what people can come up with when you you give them more time to innovate.
0: Well, and I don't know that the officers came up. This was the process. Well, I don't matched. know Initially, so, they yeah. did. I'm just saying. Yeah.
1: If the officers have
0: more time, they can find better ways to do their job. Uh Um, Logging incident reports, they found several steps that could be combined or eliminated, Hmm. which gave a time saving of five minutes per per report, which translated to 75 minutes per day per person. Wow. Which helped ease a backlog that they had. so. Again, 75 minutes per day per person. How many is that in a month? I don't know. Huge. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Huge, that's what it is.
0: Um, They made some changes to their budgeting procedures. They used to, you could only put stuff in like every three months, so they decided to maintain it Mm year-round, so that that way things didn't get left out of the budget or forgotten about, so they had a more accurate budget. Right. Um. It improved cross-shift communications, standardization, of course, greater Mm -hmm. efficiency, and job satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone was encouraged to approve changes. There was work unit buy-in and a willingness to follow the process. Yeah. I mean,
1: let's just, at the most basic level, look at it. Like, we've all gotten stopped for a traffic ticket before. Not me. Right. (laughs) And sometimes the guy's happy and cheerful, and it's like, yeah, I, I was speeding. I'm sorry. Give me give me the ticket. I'll move on. Life's good. Others, you can tell they ain't had that good of a day, and it's not a fun uh, not a fun experience. And you just the basics, and like, yeah, I don't want to dig too deep into all the mess that's going on in the world today. But my gosh, if we could free up this kind of time for officers across the nation, and we could make their job this much easier— I bet they do a heck of a lot better job in these difficult situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lord knows well, I couldn't do their job.
0: I'm thinking if they had 60 hours a month free, then we could provide continued training.
1: Yeah. And you could probably put more officers out there because mm-hmm. they're being more you effective. You have
0: more time yeah. to pay officers. Yeah.
1: I mean, ugh, my gosh, forget about all the you know funding that does or doesn't go to police officers. If you could just save... 30 percent of your mm. cost and and get these guys out there doing their job mm-hmm. more frequently happier better trained my gosh this is a huge yes. opportunity
0: yeah so if you do this for your own department you don't have to like you can
1: and this is just, just the records to ask department the city
0: for more funding yeah you can say you know what i'm gonna take some funding from this area yeah. and pay for this quality mm-hmm. management system mm-hmm. and certification mm-hmm. and then I'm going to create more money for myself.
1: Yes. I just We talked about this same type of stuff with the, the Mayo Clinic episode we did a while back. Mm-hmm. It just blows my mind these huge issues we face in our country. I mean we have a lot of Big issues we're facing today: mm-hmm. healthcare costs are a huge deal. Lord knows that's on every political, you know, campaign that's out there. No,
0: nothing seems to change. No,
1: but <laughs> we we've identified that there are real world solutions. And mm-hmm. now that the police and the funding for the police is all over the place, but it looks like there's some real legitimate ways that every single precinct in this country mm-hmm. could make some improvements. To have police officers better trained, more time to do their job, fewer errors, fewer problems, and happier officers. That sounds like a solution.
0: Mm-hmm. I totally <laughs> agree. I totally agree. And that's why I was happy when I connected with this gentleman on LinkedIn, and he talked about Houston and how they have re-upped. And, yeah. And, you know, I am... Well, I'll leave that alone. So uh, um, I'm happy about that. Yeah. There's one last quote from the article I want to read, and they say, Teams are making decisions rather than receiving management edicts, which gets far more buy-in from everyone. No crap. So, I mean, I don't know how many times we've talked about that on here. If the management is supportive, when I come suggest a change, then I'm more likely to accept other changes that somebody else suggested. Yeah.
1: I mean, well, yes, leadership starts at the top. Guess what? It's a bottom-up method, though. Mm -hmm. You get all of the great ideas. You get the buy-in. It's not the leader of the company doing the work. It's not the leader of the organization doing the work. It is all of the people on the ground floor that are doing it.
0: And oftentimes, I feel like the leader is somebody that either hasn't done your job for a very long time and has forgotten mm-hmm. what it's like, yep, or never did your job.
1: And that's the worst.
0: Came from somewhere else, yeah. you know, oh, I got a business management degree, so I can manage all of you. Right. So, you know, I feel like the managers and the leaders are disconnected.
1: Oftentimes they are.
0: From you and your position.
1: And a properly implemented quality management system helps alleviate that
0: mm-hmm.
1: it helps alleviate it mm-hmm. I just
0: but I can't you know I keep emphasizing because we read all these case studies and it's all sunshine and rainbows and look how great they did I don't even think Phoenix Police Department still has or their records and yeah. I don't know that they still even have this which is disheartening yep. that they went and got it and see and this is not but just again Phoenix it's so many yeah. other th- that we read but it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows if your management isn't doing it right. No. And therefore getting the culture change and mm-hmm. the buy-in that you need. Yeah. So. No. it. That's I, all. I, we didn't go very much longer after 20 minutes.
1: No. No. But, uh, you know, I, I got to say there's not a chance I could, I could do the job that any of uh, these men and women out there do. But I, I can definitely.
0: We can help make it better.
1: Yeah. I, I can see so many ways that this could be made better. And that impacts Every, truly everyone mm-hmm. that impacts everyone.
0: So, you know, we don't ever try to sell on here, but I got to say, if you are a police chief or in charge of any department in a police department, uh, I mean, I got a guy that can yeah. help y'all out.
1: <laughs> this is, uh, the, the, again, it's just, I, I can't stop. I, I just got to stop myself because it's just, it's mind boggling how so many of these massive issues that face our nation that are argued and debated and infinitely there are good, common-sense solutions. They take time. Mm-hmm. Like, this was four years to get there. They take, they take, time, take time.
0: and invest Time investment and monetary investment. But and when the,
1: it's done, the, the return is huge.
0: I think the reason it doesn't work for organizations like this— I know we tried to wrap it up, but now we're going to keep going. <laughs> but we've done a couple of case studies, like, with school districts. Yeah. And what happens is— Those have a higher um, turnover rate, I feel like, in leadership. Yeah. So, versus like a manufacturing company, because, you know, Joe started this manufacturing company and he's not leaving it behind. He's going to stick with it. Correct. Um, So, it's like, well, we're not going to do what Bob did. Yeah. I'm the new leader, and that's old news. We're going to do this. And they don't see the value because they're so tunnel vision. Mm -hmm on what they think is the best. Well I re- not to say that they don't have something that's no. good but recognize that if somebody is ISO certified, mm-hmm. that's good. We yeah. need to keep that up.
1: The uh I'm I'm reading a book right now by uh, Jim Collins called uh, Great by Choice. Really, really good book so far. And so what the big thing that he talks about there is when uh organizations are going through these really difficult, trying times, what separates the truly great companies from everyone else. And this is one of the things that he's identified in, in the book is that the truly great organizations, they stick to a plan for long term. Mm-hmm. So if they have a plan or a recipe that works, it lasts minimum 20 years. That doesn't mean they don't change things within the organization, but their overarching plan and the recipe, yes, does not change and remains intact for a minimum of Of twenty years,
0: so doesn't the standard require you to have a management representative?
1: Not quite anymore. They did in the two thousand eight edition, but you do have to have someone leading the charge.
0: So that's what I'm thinking. These organizations that have a hire that aren't necessarily family owned or you know whatever the case may be, Um, you know, if you're introducing ISO nine thousand one, hire somebody to mm-hmm. be the quality manager. Yes. And then that way, if you as the chief leave mm-hmm. or the superintendent of yeah. the school district or the principal of the school or whatever it is, leave, mm-hmm. then you've got a quality management representative on hand. Mm-hmm. So when the new leader comes in, they can say, hey, it's really good. I'm yeah. in charge of it. You don't have to worry about it. We're going to keep it going.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. The uh, uh, Maybe I, the
0: standard needs to go back to that and they would have more success with
1: it. I don't know. I think uh, you, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head a few minutes ago. Is someone new comes in and they have a lot of good, great ideas and they want to lead the charge, but that's not.
0: We that's can't not the change best way to it every it. five years. No,
1: no, and that's again what he talks about in this uh, the the Great by Choice book is. Too much change is devastating. It is mm. absolutely devastating. He talks about well. And they'll go off in a whole different direction, I guess. Maybe we can do that for another podcast. Yeah, we we talked s- About how uh, like Southwest stuck with the same recipe for 40 years mm-hmm. without changing anything.
0: And I think it's funny that he even mentioned Southwest because that was also in Start With Why, wasn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. And wasn't it also in, uh, it's in everything. Seven Habits? Yeah. So, I mean.
1: There's something to it. it. Yep.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey, guys, this is Darcy with Quality Matters. We really appreciate you listening. And if you enjoy it, we invite you to subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Subscribe, comment, leave us a review. We're happy to hear from you.